This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if you're watching for the first time. We want you to stay tuned. I want to talk about the greatest day that will ever occur in the history of humanity, the Day of Judgment. I hope that you'll stay tuned today. Now, we want to continue to offer the free Bible Correspondence course, and I emphasize the course is free, that you might know more about the course and that you might know how to receive it. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read a couple of passages from the book of Acts. I'll be reading out of the 17th chapter of Acts. And in Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul is in the city of Athens, and he's preaching to a group of people who were worshiping an idols, and there was an idol they had erected, and it was, had the inscription on it to the unknown God. And he began to talk to them about the God of the Bible and how that it is in God that we live and that we move and have our being, that we're the offspring of God, that God created the world and all the things that are in the world. And then he comes to the conclusion of his lesson or his sermon to these people. And in verses 30 and 31, he said, Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. On a sundial in a little remote town in France were these words, Of all of these hours, fear but one. We're all rushing toward an hour in which the Lord will return. The end will come, and men will appear in the judgment. There is no truth that is more truthfully or clearly taught. There is no fact more firmly established. And there is no warning that is more emphatic than the one in our text. He will judge the world in righteousness. When Paul was speaking to the men of Athens, he was speaking to some of the leading lights in the city. He was speaking to some of the leading philosophers. And no doubt what he said to them was a shock to their nervous system. Just like it would be a shock to some people today. 
who consider themselves to be wise, they consider themselves to be above the notion that there is a God. But as Paul spoke to them, he reminded them that the final day is coming. The day of judgment. Let me give you some facts about that day. First of all, it is absolutely certain the day will come. Listen to him again in verse 31. He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. By the man whom he has ordained, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. When God raised his son from the dead, he proved for all time to come that there is absolutely no doubt about the fact that there's going to be a judgment. In Hebrews, the ninth chapter, in verse 27, the Bible says it's appointed unto a man once to die, and then comes the judgment. In 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, in verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. In Matthew, the 12th chapter, beginning in verse 34, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. There's going to be a day of judgment. Then in 2 Peter chapter 3 and in verse number 10, Peter said, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Day of judgment. Listen to Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead, who were in it. And death and Hades delivered the, up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to their works. And then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. All of these verses that I've read to you are telling us one simple fact of Scripture. There will be a judgment. For an individual to deny that there's going to be a day of judgment, they must first of all deny the, the truthfulness and the veracity of Scripture. They must reject the Bible as being the Word of God because the Bible as the Word of God 
and the fact that there's going to be a day of judgment at the end of time stand or they fall together. Well, someone says, well, now, who's going to be judged on that day? Well, go back to Acts chapter 17 and verse 31 because he answers that. He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world. He's going to judge the world. You see, there's going to be a universal judgment. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31 beginning, Jesus said, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, in all of His holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. He'll set the sheep on the right hand, and the goats on the left. All men are going to appear in the judgment, but it will be on an individual basis. We're not going to be judged as a nation of people. We're not going to be judged as a family. We're not going to be judged as a congregation of God's people. When I stand before God on that final day, I will stand there and give an account of my life, my life. In Romans 14 and verse 12, the Bible says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. So it will, the spotlight will be turned upon me. It will be turned upon you. So we're all going to be in the judgment. All men are going to be judged. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 one more time. So then every one of us must get, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Well, someone says, well, Brother Lambert, what's the basis of the judgment? Well, let's see what the Bible says. Our deeds that we have done will be the basis of the judgment. Let, listen to Paul in Romans, the second chapter. In Romans, the second chapter, Paul is dealing with some uh, hypocrisy among people, and I'd encourage you to read it all, but it, it, this chapter is a good chapter to read about the judgment of God. Listen to verse number 6. Who will render to each one according to his deeds? Now look at verse 16. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. You see, when we stand before him at last, we're going to stand there to give an account of our lives to him, the deeds we have done in the body. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, Paul is talking about the fact that uh, earlier in that chapter, in, in verse 6, he talked about that to be uh, present in the body is to be absent from the Lord and that to be absent from the body, is to be at home with the Lord. And then in verse 10, he says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done. Not what he thought about, not what he intended, but what he has done, whether good or bad. And then verse 11, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I also trust as well are well known in your consciences. Paul said, I want you 
to be right and by persuade men in light of the judgment to come. Our words are going to be involved in the judgment. Matthew 12 and 34 where Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh, and a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. The evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. And then he said, Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. And so even our words are going to be involved in the judgment. And someone says, well, you know, that's pretty frightening. Well, it's not if we've tried to say good things and things that are wholesome, things that are right, things that are good. But, but if we have used profanity, and if we've used language that is unbecoming to those who claim to be a children of God, then we might have reason to be concerned. But something else that's going to be involved in the judgment are the things that people cannot see about your life. And that is the secrets of your life. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, in verse 13, there Solomon said, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And it is the whole duty of man, the sum and substance of man's life, to fear God and to obey God. Now listen to verse 14. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. There may be some people that you have helped, and you did it so secretly and so privately that no one knows anything about it. Maybe they are not even aware of the source of the help that they have received. But they'll know on the day of judgment. And there may be things that we have done of which we're ashamed. Things that have been done in the darkness as it were. Well, they'll be made manifest on that day. Unless we get our lives right with God now, those things are going to haunt us on the day of judgment. Well, who's going to be the judge on that day? I'm thankful that I'm not going to be judged by a bunch of preachers. Oh, if a preacher were my judge, I'm afraid I'd be lost. I, 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 I'm, I'm glad I'm not going to be judged by my critics. I'm glad I'm not going to be judged by some people who write magazines. I'm glad I'm not going to be judged by the church. I'm afraid I'd be lost if I was judged by man. But I'm going to be judged by a judge who is impartial. A, a judge who will do exactly what is right. Genesis 18, 25 asks the question, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the judge of all the earth will do right. Jesus is going to do right in the day of judgment and He will be the judge. Listen to Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. With, with the judgment in view, Paul said, I want you to preach the word. But the point I want to make is the judge will be Jesus. Go back to Acts chapter 17 and verse 31 again. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. And he's given assurance to this to all by raising him from the dead. Jesus will be our judge on that day. 
and Jesus will do right. And the issues on that day will be settled. You know, sometimes people go to court today. They don't like the verdict. So they appeal to a higher court. Sometimes people go all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States trying to overturn a judgment that may have been brought against them. But on this day, there will be no higher court of appeal because it will be for all eternity. What is it that's going to happen when our Lord comes, when, when this day comes, the judgment comes? Well, first of all, our Lord will return. And He's coming back someday because He said He would, John 14. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again. And when He ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, the angel said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus whom you, whom you have seen taken up into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Paul wrote in the Thessalonian letter, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel of the trump, and, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The Lord is coming back someday. The same one who left is the same one who will return. I listened to a man the other day on the television, and he said Jesus is going to come back and he's going to set his feet on this earth. But I submit to you there is not a passage of Scripture in all of the Word of God from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation that even remotely suggests that Jesus will ever set foot back upon this earth. In John the 17th chapter, Jesus said as he's praying to his Father, I've glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. And down in verse 11, Jesus said, I, And I am no more in the world. And no more doesn't mean once more. He finished the work on this earth. When Jesus comes, the dead are going to be raised up. Listen to Jesus in John 5, 28 and 29. The hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. The 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians is a great chapter about the resurrection of the dead. And I want to call your attention to some passages beginning in verse 50. And this is the victory over death. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Yeah, there's going to be a resurrection of the dead when Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes back, the books are going to be open. We read earlier from John, uh, Revelation, the 20th chapter, verse 11 to verse 15. And verse 12 says, And the books were open. 
the books, that's plural. Well, how many books are going to be opened? Well, I'm not certain whether he's talking about all the books of the Bible or maybe, first of all, he might have reference there to the book of your life. All of us are writing a book every day of our lives. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2 says, You are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Our life is like an open book. Our lives are going to be open. There will be the book of books that will be open on that day. What, by what will we be judged? We'll be judged by an eternal standard of truth. That's the Bible. In John 12 and 48, Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him the last day. By what are we going to be judged? By what I think? No. Am I going to be judged by what the church has said? No. Am I going to be judged by what people say in Washington? No. Am I going to be judged by what some of my peers think? No. I'm going to be judged by the word of the living God. That is, my life on that day must be found to be in harmony with the Bible. And whatever the Bible teaches now is what the Bible will teach then. Why today, if the Bible teaches that we must believe in Jesus, as in fact it does in John 8, 24, it'll say the exact same thing on this day. If the Bible teaches that I must repent of my sins, as in fact it does in Luke 13, 3, that's what it'll say on that day. If the Bible teaches that I must confess Jesus Christ as God's Son, as in fact it does in Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33, that's exactly what it'll say on that day. And if the Bible teaches that we must be baptized, for the remission of our sins is, in fact, it does in Acts 2.38. That's exactly what it's going to say on that day. And if the Bible teaches that I must be dedicated to Christ and live a faithful Christian life, as, in fact, it does in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, as well as other passages, that's exactly what it's going to say on that day. And I'll be judged by the Bible, not what I think, not how I feel, not by what others in my family have done, not why, by what some uh, famous preacher may have said. I'm going to be judged by the Word of God. Then another book that's going to be open is the book of life. You remember a few moments ago we read from the book of Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15 says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. It's important to know that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said, Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Is your name written there? If you would obey the Gospel by believing in Christ, by repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ, by being baptized into Christ and Thereafter, as a member of the body of Christ, the church of the Lord, live a faithful, dedicated life. Then when it comes this day, you know your name is there. There's a song we sometimes sing, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. I want to, my name to be called out on that day, don't you? The book of life will be open. Is your name there today? And then when this day comes, the Lord is going to separate the good from the bad. He's going to set the sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left, Matthew chapter 25, verse 32 and 3. 
There'll be the righteous on the one hand, the unrighteous on the other, the good on the one hand, the bad on the other, the person who has obeyed the gospel on the one hand, the person who rejected it on the other. There'll be a father and mother on one hand, maybe a son or a daughter on the other hand. There'll be Peter and Paul and James and John and a myriad of righteous people on the one hand, and there'll be unrighteous people on the other. There's going to be a line drawn right down through the families of the earth on that day, a day of separation. And then on that day, the judge is going to welcome the righteous home. I've had people say, Brother Lambert, what's the purpose of the judgment for the Christian to receive that welcome home? In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34, Jesus said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. We'll get our welcome home. But to those who are on the left on that day, to those that are described by Jesus in Matthew 25 as being the sheep, or rather the goats among the sheep, Jesus will say to them, Depart from me, ye cursed, the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And those that are wicked will be lost for all eternity. The day is coming. The judgment day is coming. The reason I know is because Paul, in speaking to the Athenians, said, he has appointed a day. Now, a lot of times we have appointments that we may fail to keep. Sometimes you may not remember that you're to keep that appointment. But this is an appointment you'll keep. This is a meeting you're going to attend and you'll be there. Whether you're ready or not, you're going to be there. And I would encourage you with all the love I can muster in my heart, I would urge you, please, please, obey the gospel. I'm speaking to someone right now who's been thinking about it, who's taken our Bible course, and you say, Brother Lambert, I know, and I'm just thinking about it. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to make up my mind whether or not I want to do it or not. I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to be baptized or not. What is there to think about? Jesus loves you. Give your life to Him. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. From my very first day at Faulkner, it's been an incredible experience. There's so much to do around campus, and I know that I've made friends that will last a lifetime. I love using my iPad in my classes. I feel really prepared for the future. Plus, the use of e-text helps me cut costs on textbooks. At Faulkner University, we seek to educate the whole person, including mind, spirit, and soul. That's what makes us different from most other universities. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. <laughs>